Greetings and salutations. I hope your day is both tranquil and fulfilling. I am Athanasius, and welcome back to the podcast of the Boldly Immortal. Well, one of the challenges with uh, our country, right? Obviously, with those who have eternity in mind, we need to take care that we do not overlook our neighbor, right? The neighbor is important. One of the challenges that our neighbors are, are going through right now is education. So I'm going to talk about education here. That's about all the introduction you're going to get and all the segue you're going to get. So what am I going to talk about in particular? Well, the NAEP information came out. This is the National Report Card uh, for how we do our testing as the United States. It tells us what it is that we are uh, doing, how, you know, how, how is it that we are performing. And this is the National Assessment of Educational Progress. And they have some levels of expectation to see how everybody's performing. And they recently released their results. And I have the 12th grade results in front of me right now. So I'm going to walk through those and comment on them a bit. And then make some comments on what that means for us uh, as fellow citizens of theirs, um, what are we supposed to do? So, the levels of proficiency are as follows. Um, NAEP basic, proficient, and advanced. All right? Now, the basic level, um, and this, I'm going to focus on reading, right? Because math, math is math. You really don't need math that much. To, to function in the modern world. Now, admittedly, people who can't do math are incredibly limited in what they can do. But there's a reason, um, If side, side note, a brief history of power with two white guys. Fantastic podcast, highly recommend it. A brief history of power with two white guys uh, is Reverend Dr. Adam Kuntz and Reverend Jonathan Fisk talking about power. Uh, the big ideas there, of course, being skin in the game, right? Are you invested in the outcomes of your decisions? And then also, um, there's a, the underlying that idea is this idea of humanities majors running the world. That the people who make the big decisions are not the people who are you know, engineering society. We don't have societal engineers. We have, we have zealots across the board always you know we, we have people who who can speak and who can convince people those are the people who who are in charge of stuff um highly recommend that podcast so in that vein right if our leaders are in fact humanities majors uh if the people who are over us are over us because they can control the words that are in our ears if they can control the narrative we tell ourselves about who we are well, then it would probably be important that people can do reading comprehension so that they can at least understand what's going on, so they can speak the language and understand the language and know what's going on. This is why it's important to keep track of this and to train up children in reading, I would argue, more so than math. And I think we've highly overemphasized math as a part of our technological addiction. All right, so I'm going to focus on the reading results. NAEP Basic. Right, national um, uh, academic 
education, National Assessment of Educational Progress. It has the NAEP basic is a partial, partial mastery of prerequisite knowledge and skills that are fundamental for performance at the NAEP proficient level, right? So in other words, basic is going to be relative to proficient, and basic is just, well, you kind of know what you're doing. You kind of have a background that would lead you to be able to get to the point where you can be proficient eventually. So you have the f some of the foundations. Not all, some. So what is proficiency? What do we define proficiency as? NAEP proficient represents solid academic performance for each assessment. Students reaching this level have demonstrated competency over challenging subject matter, including subject matter knowledge, application of such knowledge to real-world situations, and analytical skills appropriate to the subject matter. Okay. So if you're proficient, you're actually able to know something about the world, apply it, and analyze the system um, to make to draw conclusions right this is proficient keep that in mind basic is you're on your way there but you're not there yet and then a naep advanced is a superior performance beyond that all right so in theory you would hope that everybody's at basic and then you got a significant chunk who are proficient and then you know you've got your outliers you're maybe, you know, we, we've, I've mentioned the Pareto distribution. Maybe you've got this, the 10% is advanced because that 10% is your square root of the total set. You know, so if out of every 100 kids, 10% of them should be um, above the, the normal, or 10 of them should be above normal. So 10% of our population should be advanced, you would think. You would think. Boy, it's not that good. Because it turns out there's a fourth segment, and that's below basic. Below basic. So in other words, you don't even have the, prof the, the, the basic prerequisite knowledge. We can't even give you uh, credit for having prerequisite knowledge of what's going on. Right? We test for this. We, we, we record the data. And it's just been released. Twelfth grade reading. In 1992, the number of people, the percentage of students below basic was 20%. I want you to let that sink in for a little while. 20% of students in 1992 were below basic reading comprehension abilities. And 39% were basic. So all told, 60% of students were basic or below in terms of their ability to read and comprehend what they've read, to take in information and process it, apply it, and analyze it. 60% of people below proficient. In 2015, there's a slightly uh, less rosy picture. It's a little bit worse. 28% of students. 2015, right, this is five years ago, 2015, 28% of students were below basic. 35 were basic. Right? That is 63%, right? 
Well, and that was that sh you know, shows you I'm at least proficient in mathematics because I did that in my head. 63% of students were basic or below in their reading, comprehension, proficiency. And would you believe it? We're at the same percentage four years later in 2019. In 2019, 63% of students are basic or below, but the below basic has moved from 28 to 30. So, and this is with a, with a slightly better data set, apparently. So, we actually have high confidence in this result. Now, to briefly comment on the mathematics, the mathematics is 40%, but it was, it's almost always been 40%. Mathematics has been relatively stable since 2005. 40% um, of students are below basic competency in mathematics. And that lack of motion makes me believe that maybe that's just nature, that math isn't natural to all people. Well, and that's fair. And it's possible that there are some people who struggle with language skills. But what are we doing with them? Well, 61% of 12th grade students report applying or being accepted to a four-year college in 2019. 61% of 12th grade students. College is more than a majority, which means it's basically meaningless now. If you're going to college, I bet, I'd argue at this point you're wasting your time. Seriously. Seriously. 61% of your peers are as well. So you're not gaining any advantage from this. You're going into debt just like the rest of them. So in fact, you are now at a proportional disadvantage because you've limited your freedom and gained relatively little advantage over your peer group. Unless you plan on going even more into debt by going into a postgraduate education. That doesn't make any sense. Believe me. Unless you actually have a solid idea what you're going to do and you absolutely need to go to college for it, don't go. You're not going to get any advantage. And in addition to this, the number of students who were accepted, 61% total, into a four-year college, out of that group, 19% were below basic competency in their reading abilities. 19%, one out of five students who were accepted into a four-year college were below basic reading competency. These are the people who are signing college loans. <laughs> this is insane. This is absolutely insane. And this is, uh, no, this is applied or accepted, all right? So maybe they didn't get in, but they're applying still. Gee whiz. So I, I guess I should probably correct myself there. It doesn't necessarily mean that they've been accepted, but yeah, that's not good. 26% of 12th graders have talked with a military recruiter, and out of them, one-third is below basic competency in reading. So there you go. There's your next generation of military people. One third of them incapable of reading. Do they need to know how to read? Well, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe the military is one good thing for them. I don't know. Maybe the military is going to adjust because they can't. 
either way. Here's the sad reality. 6% applied to technical training programs. Half of them were below basic competency. 6% for a technical training program, and half of them were below basic. In my mind, that's fantastic. Why? Because it means they went to school, and they did not succeed. And now they're going into some place where they're actually going to get training for a specific skill that they can then do. In other words, school has so failed them that they have to go do something else. And they're going to go do something else. Good for them. Good for them. 22% of students, of 12th grade students, reported having no plan for further education. And only 43% of them scored below basic. 21% of students, right? One out of five students with no, no post-high school education. One out of five of these kids is above proficient, is at or above proficiency. Those are the smart ones. <laughs> Those are the ones you got to look out for. I'll tell you that much. Because they're actually competent and they're not going to be laden with debt. Or perhaps they just schemed by. Perhaps they're just good with words. But you know what? That's a skill they're going to put into practice. That's a skill they're going to use. What worries me is, is frankly, that the numbers are too high. All of them. I mean, so way too many of these numbers are way too high in terms of, in terms of the incompetence. We're dealing with one out of three students, or no, two out of three, two-thirds, almost two-thirds of students are below proficiency levels. Now, many of you who are listening are going to rant and rave in your heads about this being the problem with the public education system, and I agree. Before I go and contradict you, I'm going to tell you I agree. This is bad. This is very bad. Now, I'm not going to completely agree because there are still students in the system who are able to, to achieve advanced levels, who are recognized for their advanced understanding. And consequently, there is still the opportunity for the excellent to be excellent in the system, even if their excellence is not maximized. But i got about five minutes left for my base-level podcasting time, and so I'm going to go on a little, little uh, thought experiment of my own. I've been listening to a fellow named Scott Adams. You may know him as the creator of the Dilbert cartoon. Interesting character. Um, got some weird takes online. Just, just a fascinating guy. But he, he actually was the one who brought this information to my attention. And one of the things that he mentioned was that this is his reason for wanting President Kanye West. Because Kanye West apparently wants to build new social order from the ground up. And Scott Adams' comment on this was that if you did that, maybe you could build a system that actually catered to the 63%. Now, his, his comment may have been on the 30%, but I would argue you need to extend it to the 63. The 63% of students below, base, below proficiency, at basic or below basic levels, right? The, the people who can't critically think are 63%, right, who can't critically think well, all right? I'll, I'll put that caveat in there. People who cannot process information and apply it 
at a 12th grade level make up 63% of the student body. And frankly, if you think that you can build a civilization around the, the remainder, right? If you think you can build a civilization around that remaining 37%, you're, you're kidding yourself. If you think that just saying, well, we'll just teach them how to do it right is going to solve the problem, you are, you're wrong. You're wrong. Because the problem with a lot of these people is that they don't know how to learn. They've never been taught. And they don't believe that they can learn anymore. And a lot of the times, it's too late for them. So tell me. Because we've been in this route for probably at least 20 years. We have a full generation of students of whom I would argue approximately two-thirds cannot comprehend the English language and its and what it means. They can't apply it either. If, if you have an entire generation that looks like that already, how is the solution to fix the education system? Because I think it's too late. I think at this point, you're kidding yourself. I think at this point, all of us who sit in our ivory towers of good education systems, that, such as classical education, anybody who sits in that system and doesn't look down and, and realize that they have a problem that isn't going to be solved in their little bubble, like that they can't fix that problem through their solution. Anybody, if you don't do that, you're kidding yourself. We can't solve the immediate problem by better educating students. We can't because there's too many who are already broken. There's too many of our neighbors who already can't process information. And just telling them, oh, well, it would have been great if you had my education because I learned. <laughs> do, you think that's, do you think that's conducive to good order or not? Do you think that's conducive to building bridges or making them absolutely hate your pretentious guts? Right? And I'm, I'm being a bit provocative here. I'm being a bit angry here, admittedly. But this bothers me. This really bothers me because if this information is true, and I'm going to assume it's true because it's been reported by the national um, whatever, right? I'm going to assume they got the, they double-checked their numbers. If this is true, we need to learn how to live with these people. We need to know how to build our economies with these people, how to govern ourselves with these people who can't read, who can't think when they read. Because they're our neighbors too. And we live in a democratic republic. We live in a constitutional republic. They're our neighbors and they get votes just the same as we do. So just saying, well, it would be great if we just stopped doing the wrong thing. Yeah, it would have been great if we stopped doing the wrong thing about 50 years ago. It's too late. What we need is a better solution. What we need, frankly, in some ways, is empathy. What we need is, is the ability to... to empathize with the one who was poorly taught and recognize that they can't think anymore 
and recognize that we need to build a system that caters to their needs in some way. I am not saying that we need to retool our system for people who can't think. What I'm saying is we need to include them in our society. This is, this is an issue that the technological world is wrestling with at the moment, right? It's, it's why there were candidates for public office who said that coal miners should just learn how to code. Well, I'm sorry, they can't. That's why they're coal miners, generally speaking. The 63% is quite possibly incapable of coding because coding requires basic understanding of grammar. Very basic. And then also the ability to extrapolate that basic understanding to a more high level, to a higher level abstract concept that then gets applied to a totally different set of vocabulary. Right? Coding is an intersection between mathematics and reading. And guys, our statistics aren't good enough. We can't, we can't support that. So, so the technological frame, like the technological world has been wrestling with the fact that there's a lot of people who just can't do technology. And they've been trying to figure out, well, shoot, what do we do? Now, the solution is, hey, maybe you get out of your own, you know, ivory towers and you realize that the world cannot operate the way you do. That not everybody can do the things you do and you don't have to take over every piece of the economy and it's okay for hardworking people to do things by hand, even if it looks a little bit grimy to you, that you're wrong and you need to be you know, a little bit nicer to them because they're your fellow citizens. Well, they could do that, but they won't. Why? Because it's not as profitable. So, similarly, I, d I tend to think that, that e it's not a profit motive that motivates the classical education crowd but there's a snobbery that comes off. I, I understand it's with the best of intentions, but there's a snobbery that comes off. 63% of students, 63% don't know how to read. That's not an excuse for you to belittle them, hate them, speak ill of them, or make their lives worse because you tell them about how much better your education was. Now, offering a better alternative to their children, fantastic. Their children are not going to grow up for at least 20 years. 20 years, generally speaking, is how long it's going to take. It's a generation. So what's the solution? Well, I would argue the solution is we need to start talking to people who can't think. And that's really hard, right? Why? Because we're used to talking to people who can think. And the challenge here is that you need to be able to do both. Because I am not, I am not, I'm going to repeat it a third time um, for emphasis, I am not advocating that we stop talking and thinking like intellectual people entirely. That we do not undermine our own rigor for the sake of appealing to those who are incapable of understanding it. No, rather, I would argue that we need to have an additional level of rigor that includes understanding the common man and walking in his shoes a little bit and understanding that he doesn't understand your world and you, no matter how much you try, will not be able to get him to understand it. And that's okay.
that's okay. That even if you sit them down and try and work with them one-on-one, a lot of the times, it's too late. It's too late. The 63% may be too late for them, and it may not be. Some of them might just be late bloomers, that 18 years and 12 years in public school is not enough for them to finally figure out the English language and how to think. I've been in public school. Let me tell you, it's not the 12 years. The 12 years is plenty of time. The, The system itself is broken. My solution is not abolishing the system because that's only part of the solution. You can't go with an entire generation who have been poorly educated and and then fix it for the next the next generation and just ignore them. You can't ignore that many people. These are the millennials. These are the zoomers. We can't just abandon our neighbors. Because frankly, they're not we're, they're not the ones who are going to be abandoned. They're the majority. They're the majority. They're the ones who are going to be pulling this the the well not pulling the strings, but they're the ones who are going to be appealed to by the ones who are pulling the strings. They're the ones whose interests will drive the future of our common culture. So tell me, how are we, not just as classically educated people, but especially as the church, how are we making sure that we speak clearly, concisely, without error, and simply, simply. Are we, are we too busy in our own desires to make things as, to, to, to delve into every mystery? to answer every question, to teach every apologetic that we possibly can. Are we too busy doing that to actually speak truth clearly? Are we too busy fighting over the minutiae that don't functionally matter when, you know, we've got bigger fish to fry? I know a little bit of error goes a long way, but what we've got right now is a massive massive elephant in the room and we're sitting here fighting over the fact that maybe in 12 years this little mouse in the corner is going to be you know 50% bigger that's not the problem that's not the problem we need to focus on some of these matters at least i'm not saying this is the elephant but combine this with the rise of the nuns our inability to catechize the general decreasing religiosity of the American people, and I'm seeing a big problem. Combine that with the hostility to religion engendered by the sodomy agenda, and you've got yourself a big, big mess. And then combine with that the abortion lobby and now an entire industry uh, of hate that is institutionally dedicated to destroying patriarchy, to to removing fatherhood, right? Black Lives Matter, look it up. Look it up. They are anti-patriarchal. Fourth, fifth, sixth commandment, add socialism and you've got seven. They're already willing to drag people's name through the the mud. There's eight. We've got problems, people. 
And it's not about how we, you know, order the Ten Commandments. And it's not about whether or not somebody who's a teacher counts as somebody who's officially in the office of a preacher inside the church if they're hired by the church. Just start an independent church. Not church. Start an independent school that's different from the church body. Just make it easier on yourselves. Goodness gracious. There's a bigger problem here. Societal collapse around us and people who can't understand what we're saying because we are teaching people to speak like ancient rhetoricians who would speak to the upper class. And we're not teaching them to talk to normal people. We're not teaching them to talk to our neighbors. And we're not teaching our, our fellow, our brothers in Christ, to speak to their neighbors because we're giving them a bunch of buzzwords that they don't understand and that their neighbors will not understand. And then when, when they repeat them ad nauseum because they don't understand what they mean, they'll simply glaze over the eyes of those listening to them and do absolutely no good to anybody. Now, I'm not going to put it past God to work through even our inability to speak. But maybe we shouldn't get so addicted to our own favorite codifications of things, our own personal enjoyment of some of the more esoteric points of theology. Perhaps we shouldn't be so addicted to our own love of the complex that we fail to realize that there are people who don't understand it. And yeah, maybe with the, the, the 37%, you can, you can have a, a functional society. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's your goal, right? You just want to appeal to the 37%. Fine. Tell you what, a lot of that 37% is going to college. And they're losing their, if they have their faith, they're losing it there. If they don't have it, they're certainly not gaining it at the university system. They're getting a whole bunch of debt. And when they have a whole bunch of debt, they're not going to go to a church that they think is just there to take their money. So please, I know, look at me, I've gone, I've gone much further than I thought I was. Please stop pitching a long-term solution to me. If you want to solve this problem, give me a solution for the 63% as well. Because I'm not going to take a half answer. I know that we have an answer to education. But what I also know is that the, the 63% isn't going to respect that answer. Because people are selfish. And they're going to look at that answer and they're going to say, they're going to, they're going to, not going to say, they're, they're going to feel bad when you tell them that. Now, some of them, yes, some of them will look at that and rejoice. But I would argue most of the people who rejoice are in the 37% who are competent, proficient and above. They're in the ones who actually know the value of reading and writing. So are we appealing to our neighbors? Are we serving our neighbors by further isolating ourselves, by the rich getting richer? I don't think so. I don't think so. Consider this my admonition, that you ponder the 63% who are basic or below, who are not proficient in their reading skills. Ponder that 63% of students in the national education system are not proficient. And ask the question not, boy, wouldn't it be great if we could find a solution to this, but instead, how 
do we handle this going forward? Because we've got about 20 years of those people being a part of our lives. And that's if we solve the problem tomorrow. And frankly, we won't. So if we're being honest with ourselves, we have a century of incompetence ahead of us. And just saying, let's fix ourselves, doesn't bridge the gap. So please ponder the 63%. Please ponder those who tested below that ability and understand that they are just as worthy of living in a free country as you are. They are just as worthy of knowing about their Savior as you are. They're just as worthy of having the right to the decency of a full-time job, well, for the men, and the right to a family for the women, and the right to independence for those who, you know, choose to be independent against their, generally speaking, oftentimes their better interests. They have the same rights and responsibilities as you. And just because they're less competent doesn't mean you can look down on them and doesn't mean that you can ignore what they've gone through. It's hard. It's hard. And I wish it weren't. And knowing the value of homeschooling, knowing the value of classical education, knowing those, those good things that, that can be provided, I do wonder what would happen if we applied this on a larger scale. Just knowing the, the nature of IQ, some students would still be lower competence. But perhaps it's good then that we have to wrestle with this now. We have to find a way to work with the 63% and not against them. To love our neighbors and not build up resentment in their hearts. If you're going to pitch a good solution, I'd ask that you consider the 63% and not just what you want because every single one of them is your American neighbor and it matters.